Welcome to the Artful Teaching Podcast, where teachers are brought out of isolation and into conversation. Here, we spotlight professional educators as both artists and leaders, and examine how the arts deepen student learning and improve school culture. Education is a demanding field, and we've seen teachers rise to the challenges of their profession by leveraging the arts in the classroom. Integrating dance, drama, music, visual arts, and media arts can bring so much joy, and we're excited to share that with you. We're your hosts, Callie Flocks and Heather Francis. Thanks for joining us to hear various perspectives on the art of teaching. Welcome to the Artful Teaching Podcast and this series on STEM plus the arts. I'm Tina McCulloch, host for the series, and today I'm here with Marie Mattinson, visual arts educator at Edgemont Elementary School. This school in the Provo City School District is a STEM-designated school as well as a French dual immersion school. And today it is my privilege to interview her. I've heard so much about Marie's innovative STEM and arts integration experiences with students that I felt she is a must-have guest in this series. Welcome, Marie. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, Marie, how did you originally start your career as a visual arts educator? And will you please share some of your background with our listeners? So I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology, and I realized I really couldn't get a job or do too much until I got my master's, and I was burned out from school. I needed a break. So I ended up getting a job as a PE teacher at an elementary school and as an aide part-time. And I really loved being in the schools, and I liked being with kids, and I liked working with multiple grade levels, and... I really liked working with, as an aide, for the student that, um, it was a student with autism, and I loved watching his growth and realized that I wanted to be a full-time classroom teacher and realized I could have a greater impact on more students by doing that. So then I convinced my principal that she should hire me without a license and did the alternative route to licensing program and ended up as part-time third grade and part-time over the after-school program. And then eventually the next year I did part-time third grade and part-time special ed math classes for the third, fourth, and fifth graders and loved it. And then by that next year I was licensed and had a full-time teaching position in third grade. And I did that for 12 years, and I kind of hit the burnout with all the testing and the expectations. And then um, one of the teachers here at my school, Lisa Garner and Diane Ames, talked me into doing an arts integration class or program endorsement. It was the endorsement, and that's where I met you, mm-hmm. and that saved my life really it I was happy again I was happy to be with the kids and as I was happier and we were creating things together in all art forms the kids were happier and it just was this great cycle of everybody was better and happier isn't that amazing how we find ourselves in arts integration? Yes. We become back to that why we went into the classroom in the first place yes. to design lessons that would stimulate students, especially, it sounds like you, struggling students. And by this time when I had started the, my endorsement, my son struggles with long-term memory retrieval and 
processing and comprehension. His comprehension is really low. He has ADHD, and I just watched him crumble as a first grader and then a second grader struggling to write and stay engaged, and he hated school. He cried every day. PJ Day was the best day because it was the one day we didn't have to, like, have a tantrum about clothes. So we had tantrums about everything else. Uh Uh-huh. And when he learned his vowels, he was in Miss Garner's class, and when he learned his vowels, they learned through songs. So he can decode and read so well because of music. And then in third grade, our music teacher taught him multiplication through songs, and he can do multiplication because of songs. And then his French third grade teacher would do movement and dance because she was also in the integration endorsement class and learned French that way because he's in the French immersion program. And I realized that I needed to be more patient and engage all the kids because if my kid was struggling, I needed to be a better teacher and be more patient. It, I watched him do so many things that he couldn't control instead of just, why won't you just sit and listen? Why won't you just do this? He can't. And I didn't realize those kids, they they can't. And I don't mean to be like that, but the things that do pull them in are the arts. The music, the movement, figuring out things, using their bodies, that embodied using learning. Bodies. That's awesome. So you've had this arts endorsement um, experience. You went from a classroom teacher and you got into a visual arts teacher position at your current school again I convinced a new principal that she should hire me even without my art license I showed her videos and I put my artwork or the kids artwork we put it up on the wall and we displayed it and I said look what we can do with the kids and convinced her and then she hired me and then I went and got my master's in art education and I integrate all sorts of science and math and curriculum but we get to do it in a way that I know and believe is best for kids. Awesome. And I love this. You are almost a maverick in this. You you want to do something, so you go and you apply and you get the job, and <laughs> then you go back and get the degree. <laughs> and then, I mean, what a, way, what a way for us to think about apprenticeship, right? Right. Is you dig in, and as you are involved in that actual activity, you're gaining the knowledge practically as well as theoretically. My master's degree was the best time I've ever had because I would learn something and we would go do it right away in the class and I could come back and say to this group of people who were experiencing the same thing and said this did not work very well. Does anybody have any ideas? And they would say here are these studies, here are these resources, have you tried this? And then we would go back and try again and I could ask the kids, this is what I'm learning, do you like that? Yes, no, and we would try something else. I I was really sad when my master's program ended. It was really fun. So part of what I had um, heard about you is you've had some great STEM and arts, and you've talked about how, you know, I'm trying things out in the classroom. I'm still doing arts and science. I'm doing arts and math inside this visual arts classroom. And um, I had never met you yet. But I had, I knew you were creative and innovative. And so I was really excited to have this experience to um, meet you in this research practice partnership. And one of the first times that I met you was on Zoom. And you're sitting in your home 
in a craft room with this large painted mural behind you. And I thought, this is a person who is all in. You are all in whatever you do. And you live artfully and you also enjoy how students can make discoveries for themselves and learning in the artful experiences. So as this classroom teacher... Um, what are some of your best memories of that arts integration where your art really made your science or your art really made your math come alive? I believe in educating the whole child, which I think most educators do. But I really, I want them to care about other people. I think that is just as important as any academic curriculum you could ever put in front of them. We don't just come knowing how to care for other people and be empathetic and be good listeners. And I think those are important skills that we're missing in society. So a lot of the lessons that I wanted to focus on with my third graders and that I've tried to do in the art, the art room is let's look at people. Let's look at cultures. Let's look at who is in our class and how can we learn more about them and how can we represent their beliefs and their interests in a sympathetic or empathetic way that celebrates them and doesn't mock them. So I love Maya Angelou's quote, when you know better, do better. And I didn't know better as a kid, but I do know as an adult, and there's no reason why I can't share that with kids And I feel like the kids that are coming through now are way more inclusive than we ever were and more open and they want to celebrate other people's cultures and experiences. And I think you can do that with the arts and academic curriculum. And then that just makes a whole person better. Like when you're doing math, why can't you be an empathetic and a good listener? And why can't you collaborate with others appropriately and, you know, all those social skills. And if you're breaking down because your math program or your math concept you're working on is frustrating, well, why don't we socially take care of that person and emotionally take care of that person first? And then we can work together and help them with the math. It all matters. I I just, there's so many things that you've said that have made me go, aha. And that's exactly what art does is it helps us express ourselves and it helps other people relate with us. Yes. And this whole idea of being culturally responsive to how, ne- how it's so necessary because we are quite a diverse yeah. um, population. And even sitting here in um, Provo, Utah, you're in a, a school who is uh, promoting French culture and French speaking. And that just, you know, also says, I'm, I'm experiencing someone else's culture. I'm trying to learn their language so that I can become more immersed in it. You know, what's fascinating about that is that there's only one of the French teachers here that is actually from France. Oh, really? So we have the first grade is a refugee for Rwanda. Second grade, she's from Spain. Third grade, one is their part-time. One is from France and one is from Austria. Fourth grade is Ukrainian. Fifth grade, she's from Switzerland. And sixth grade is Morocco. And then we have, uh, we bus over a group of students that is low income and government housing. And that pulls in a really great population for, um, there's a lot of second language learners 
um, we have kids from Colombia, we have kids from Brazil, we have kids from Uruguay, we have kids from the Congo, we have kids from Haiti. What a great opportunity to learn about other cultures and learn to be respectful. I mean, America is such a great place that has all these cultures and things that we can embrace and that we love, that we think are American, but they didn't really start here. <laughs> they didn't originate here. No. Yeah. And that's one that you asked, one of my favorite projects. So in second grade, we do, I don't think I have an example. They all get a puzzle piece. It's a piece of paper that's cut out like a puzzle piece, and they go and find out which country their ancestors came from. They learn about their ancestors, where they came from, and then they go and find a picture of a monument or landmark from that country. And then we do the contour line of the monument, and then we paint a value scale of it. Then we put all the puzzle pieces together and talk about how different and diverse, and yet we all fit together, we're different, and we live together, and we have all these great things from each other. And they're second graders, and they love it. And so many of the kids, some of them are first-generation immigrants. And what a way that they can say, right. I'm from. I'm from. Yeah, and actually you have lived in that, that yeah. foreign country, that yeah. foreign place. Again, you're really trying to make that whole empathetic, culturally yes. responsive student. Which is nice because then I have access to 650 kids. That's right. That's the great part So of it. many more. Um, and that's kind of where my next question goes. Um, as a classroom teacher, was your end goal to become that visual arts educator when you started that endorsement? Because I just, I can't even imagine switching from a class of 25 to 30 students and having that really rich cultural experience with them, building that class culture over a school year to 600 plus students. Right. I would just feel so overwhelmed. It was. <laughs> It was so, overwhelming. So how did how did you handle that leap, and how has it been rewarding for you now? I started the integration endorsement, and I was like, I love the arts. I love this. I love this. And our current art teacher was leaving to go work on his doctorate. And then that's when I convinced the principal that, you know, maybe I could do art. It was super overwhelming, but I think if I hadn't been working on my master's at the same time, because one of the first classes I took was classroom management. for In an art classroom. In an art classroom. Which so is totally like, different. Which is totally different. <laughs> and that saved me, just doing it at the same time. And the program I went through is just, it's the Art of Education University, and it is set up for teachers, art, teachers who want to be art teachers. And they know you're teaching right now. And it was so engaging. Everything, every article, every lecture, every, I loved it. That's awesome. I know, I loved it. As a former classroom teacher, do you find that your school colleagues find it easier to collaborate and co-teach with you in this capacity as a visual arts teacher? And then how have you initiated those collaborations? I think that is one of the biggest things that makes it easier for me and why I've been so successful here is because I was first a classroom teacher. So I had built relationships with many of the teachers anyway, but I also had credibility because I get it. 
I get how hard their job is. I get how exhausted they are. I get that they are buried in everything that continues to be expected of them. And so when I say, I promise, trust me, this is going to work and it's going to engage your kids and you will be happier, they believe me. And I do a lot of the work for them in the beginning so that they, I drag them. I've dragged a lot of people along and I'm happy to because by the time, you know, and it takes a couple, a few years, I think one of the fifth grade teachers, she took over one of the integrated projects that we'd been doing and did it on her own in her classroom. I mean, how great is that? She's doing it herself now. So you have really used it. Um, first, you used your relationships. Definitely. And just because you had been there and they knew you had, un- you can understand me, right? Yes. And this just seems to be like one extra heavy thing. Yep. But you said you walk them along. You're doing that Vygotsky scaffolding, right? Yep. So well. Yes. And then finally, this teacher in fifth grade this year decided, oh, you know what? I've had enough scaffolding. Yep. I can go and do it yes. on my own. And so has um, these little success stories that you've had, has that helped more of a ground movement come towards arts integration and have teachers actually seek you out now? Or how does that work? And even the French teachers will come seek me out. So the way our school is set up is Monday through Thursday, I'm the specialty teacher and I teach art skills. And often, and I get to pick the projects and the curriculum. Sometimes teachers will say, hey, we're learning this. In science, do you think you could do that in your classroom? And I'll say, I'll see if I can fit it in, or no, we've got to do that on a Friday. So because I'm full-time, I get the whole Friday to make my own schedules and do the integrated projects. Because sometimes we spend two hours in the art room making clay ocarinas. So you, the classroom teacher can have you on a Friday yes. and then you come in and do a project, yes. kind of a co-teaching type a co-te- of a thing. We're not quite there with some teachers. Some teachers, it's hard for them to co-teach because they don't quite know what to expect in the beginning. And then the ones that are more, that we've been doing it for a while, it just, it works beautifully if they co-teach with me because they remember in class when we talked about this and tell me about the science and why is that working now how does this relate to the art and we can ask questions so that the kids they find the connections between the art and the science or the art and the math why are we doing this we could make a pretty picture if we want to but that's not our goal our goal is to help you understand the science what is the art doing to help you understand the science or the social studies or the And so as they see the artwork go up around the school, they talk and they're like, how do we get in there? How do we get scheduled? How do we get in there? And I say, okay, well, we have to sit and plan. Because if we don't sit and plan, it ends up being me doing a whole bunch of extra artwork. But that whole idea of you see it up, now I'm going to tell you our process. We're going to co-plan. There's going to be your classroom academic element, my visual art element, and we're going to marry those together. And that co-teaching, I um, have been fortunate enough to do some co-teaching in my own classroom with science. And um, just having that art educator in there to just bounce back and forth. And the one thing I really loved about it was that the students started seeing the art educator as a teacher in a classroom. And for them, um, the respect level went up. Oh, good. Again, that that idea of empathy, 
they're not a person that I'm going to go play yep. in their classroom, yep. but they're providing some input that's really helping me academically. Co-teaching is like the totally way I to love go. it. I wish every classroom had two teachers. I agree. I, I think I we love need it. it. It's fun too for me. Yeah. I like having another teacher in there. So I've been really fortunate because my principal allows me to have two days a year where we do trainings on art integration. So because of BYU Arts Partnership, Callie Flocks will send a music specialist and a or music educator, a dance educator, or two, a visual art educator, not me, so that they have outside ideas, and a drama educator. And the teachers will decide which units are not as strong or lacking some sort of integration with any art form, and we send those ideas to those art educators. They come with prepared lessons and ideas on how to integrate those, and then they sit with each grade level and talk them through the lesson and help create them lessons. And then they've even practiced the lessons with them so that they're feeling more confident. Oh, maybe I could do this. Oh, maybe I could do this. I have a little bit of start. And they didn't have to come up with it all on their own. Because the biggest thing is that it takes so much time to create all of this, which as a classroom teacher, you have no time. The other element you talked about here is that idea of this is what I want to teach, but bring me your expertise yeah. from drama. Yes. Bring me your expertise from music yes. and teach me. I'm willing to learn, again, this collaboration that is so important. And it's just opening up that door to realize that there is a synergistic um, element in collaboration. And it's not just um, classroom teacher to classroom right. teacher, but wow, what can you bring to me right. and open up our ideas? So Well, and Amy Rosenthal, that's part of this research, uh, she also has pushed me. So a teacher gave an idea, I gave the art, and then Amy says, well, the science actually means this. So how could we really make it authentic science and art? So it's not, so here's not this art project that, you know, represents the science, but the art is actually doing the science. So it was so great to have a science expert as well. I would love to sit down with a math expert through our integrated math lessons and see how do we make this more meaningful? How do we make this more authentic so it really fits? And you're talking about complete integration, yes. transdisciplinary um, learning for students. And that's how it happens in the real life, right? right. Real architects, they yes. really do use math and they yes. do use design and composition yes. elements. So, And yes. it's so engaging. That is when I've seen the kids engage the most. Yeah. Oh, it's true. It's true. 100% engagement and all right. the classroom management, you know, difficulties right. almost disappear. For my master's degree, we I did a capstone study uh, with a unit on... What the sixth grade curriculum, the ecosystems. And we integrated every art form into that entire unit. And I, the data that I received, not just, I, I, we know that there's academic improvement by integrating the arts, but I was so amazed at their engagement, 100% engagement every single time it was integrated with an art form. There was a student... And this is a class that had 70% um, low economic status, um, seven IEPs out of 18 students, 
three students with autism. Um, I think maybe three were gifted, which has their, you know, they need to be challenged. They have their own things. So very, it was a really challenging class and 100% engagement. And this one student who struggled with depression, his head on the desk all the time, not once. He danced with Mr. Roberts. He painted with me. He did music with Mrs. Lee. And he did drama with Mr. Robert. Like, I, even the one kid just being engaged makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said all of these art forms were involved in this one. It would be interesting to see now for the longevity going back to those students and saying, what do you remember about sixth grade? And I wonder uh-huh. how many of them would say, oh, it was that science lesson yeah. where we danced with Mr. Dance, or it was that science lesson where we learned how to sing the ecosystem or, yeah. or the food web or whatever that was. You know, it's those types of those cementing ideas that make them look back and say, you know, it wasn't yeah. that bad. You know what I loved about the integration endorsement is that you say singing, and I struggle with singing. I'm not confident. I remember one time as a third grader, or when I was teaching third grade, I was trying to teach the kids this song, and they said, Mrs. M, can you just go get the music teacher, please? (laughs) And I was like, no. Thanks a lot, but... Vote of confidence. Yes, but I remember um, Jen Purdy Mm -hmm. saying... You don't have to sing to do music. And so that gave me confidence. And the dance and the theater, it it doesn't have to be a production play. And so for me, the integration endorsement was so eye-opening that I could engage people in all the art forms without having to be an expert in all the art forms. And so when they did the ecosystem with the music, they didn't sing. They followed the flow of energy while Mrs. Lee ate a piece of cheese and then drank some water and then started playing her cello and started walking around. And it was incredible. And then they played, they did like the cups and did rhythm because it's much more than just being an expert in one form of art. So true. So true. And you don't have to be the expert in the room to do it. Right. No. As long as you know the sources. And I think that's another big surprise is if we actually, as teachers, looked at the art yeah. standards, we would be shocked to see how many are just really English language art standards. Yes. Or um, yes. appreciation standards where we can compare and right. contrast. Or reflection and empathy. Exactly. All back of to those this. social skills that make us better people. Better people. Yes. So there's more to it than just making art. And I think that's what I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to how can we make the best humans possible? And that fills you up. It totally fills my cup. And then that whole idea too, going back to that Maya Angelou, um, when you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea that you're bringing back, making great humans, it fills your cup. You're doing better. So incredible. So recently, you received a well-deserved distinction. Oh, thank you. Of the Sorensen Legacy Award for Excellence in Arts Education for an Elementary Visual Arts Instruction in the state of Utah. Will you please share why you believe the arts has a place in the lives of elementary students? Oh, I love that. What a great question. Because they deserve it. 
they deserve to be engaged, especially watching my kids attend schools where there's one-to-one technology and a great part of their day is sitting in front of a screen. I mean, my son's language arts class, he's reading this really great book on his computer with his headphones on, and then he reads the and answers the questions at the end of the chapter on his Chromebook. Why? Why aren't they reading as a class and discussing and doing all those things? I just, nope, that's not what we need. That's not the kind of humans we need that don't interact. And I realized that COVID did that to us, and it was survival. And that's what we had to do. And it was like, you need to hurry and get all of your curriculum online so that kids are being educated and hurry and do it. And then we didn't stop this year and say, wait a minute, maybe that wasn't really the best thing for the kids or us. Because now we've disengaged with each other and curriculum and hands-on learning and real-life solutions and problem-solving. But the arts have never been sitting in front of a screen by yourself, isolating yourself. Because even the people that are introverts that create for themselves, they still end up displaying it. And when someone sees it, it means something to that other person. Maybe not the same thing it meant to the creator, but it means something. And they're not sitting in front of a screen typing and answering questions. That's not what fills them up. That's not what fills up my kids. But the times when they come home and my daughter's sitting in the backseat of the car and she's like, Mom, did you know this about molecules? And I was like, how did you know that? Because Mr. Robertson taught us and we were bumping around and we were doing da-da-da-da-da. You, you've said so many wonderful things here. Um, student deserve arts. Um, and the arts are never isolating. It's meant to be shared. Because they put it online because during quarantine, all those videos of people who singing in Italy, was it singing in Italy on the balconies? And they're sharing it with each other and they're sharing it on the world with Instagram. And all these people now that didn't think they could be an artist and they put it on Instagram and they share and they share and they share. It is. It's that total idea of Art is socially interacting. Yes. It's collaborating. It's letting you see my humanness. Yep. Um, last question. And you've kind of said this over and over and over again, but I would just love to have a sound bite. <laughs> Why is artful teaching vital for teachers today? For teachers? I think it's our sanity. I watching, so doing the study for my master's, I did it with the sixth grade class that's right next to me, and she was a middle school teacher that, because of licensing issues, had to come down to elementary school, and she's just taught math for years and years and years, and she was terrified of literacy, and I was like, no, no, it can be fun. I, I struggled in the beginning, but it can be fun. It can be fun to integrate. We just need to integrate, and she's like, I don't know. What about Disney shorts? Those are empathetic. They always have a lesson and they're engaging. They're colorful. You can teach all of the art forms, but you can get so much out of literacy. And I remember her afterwards, I came in and I taught and we did a mind map of three different Disney shorts. And she just said, I didn't know literacy could be fun for me. She said, this is the first time this entire year I've been excited to come to school because I can't wait to share this with the kids. And it, it's fun. It's way more fun to do something 
And I, I love that whole idea. It's for our sanity. It is. Artful teaching is for our sanity. And I love that example of that um, math teacher coming yeah. down and being afraid and yet with mind mapping and now we're the, the, the shorts that you were talking about, little video clips of. They're the ones online that they do like for the birds. Have you seen for the oh, birds? Yep. I've yes. used those two in my for class. For the birds. Exactly. And, and how that is, that is totally what you can do. And that whole idea of mind mapping. Um, and that's Tony what, Bassans. Right? Mm -hmm. And Disney does that really well where they take a social issue and they try and make it personal. There's the, what's the lost and found one? Lou? Where all these, I mean, who knew that a sweater could feel so bad? <laughs> but a kid can empathize with that. Mm -hmm. And they humanize things that are, humanize topics that are difficult. And they make them real. And then to actually... I remember her telling me, I didn't know sixth graders could talk about it. I was like, third graders, third graders can talk about it. We need to give them more credit. They, and you know what? They turn out as better people when we do. When we address those things early on. Yes. The, because, and I had a professor one time and she goes, I never call them children. They're little humans. They are little humans. And we're all having this experience together. And what a beautiful way to think about that. Right. So, all right. Well, this concludes our interview with Marie Mattinson, visual art teacher extraordinaire. Oh, thank you. It has been delightful to have her on the STEM and Art series of the Artful Teaching Podcast. And I hope you have received as much inspiration um, from her and listening to her podcast today as I have. And if you like this, please share it with your colleagues. And we hope you have an Artful Teaching Day. Thank you for joining us for the Artful Teaching Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this conversation on STEM and the arts. Subscribe to our podcast for future episodes on arts-integrated science, social studies, and literacy. Artful Teaching is made possible by the BYU Arts Partnership and the McKay School of Education. Thank you to Tina McCulloch for hosting this series and to our editor, James Houston. And special thanks to all of the teachers who are changing lives while serving in schools. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review and share with a friend. We believe artful teaching can change the world. And you can find all our episodes at advancingartsleadership.com, along with lesson plans, blogs, downloadable resources for the classroom, and more. Or follow us on social media at Every Child, Every Art. I'm Heather Francis. And I'm Callie Flocks, wishing you an artful journey. <laughs>